So tonight I want to talk to you about something that's probably big in everybody's life that's here. It was probably big in the youth that just walked out of here too. But I want to talk to you. The title of my message is The Distraction Dilemma. We've got a lot of distractions that try to bombard us all the time, don't we? And uh, every good title needs a subtitle. So I have a subtitle too. If you don't like that one, you can write this one down. Does anybody take notes anymore? Yeah. So the, the subtitle is Take Action Against Distraction. Huh? Yeah. We all battle with it. We live in a time where it's never been easier to be distracted. Uh, distractions that take away our time and our energy and our attention away from what's most important are all around us. Can anybody say amen to that? The devil has an assignment over you. In 1 Peter 5.8, it says, Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. One of his biggest assignments is to keep us distracted. Amen, church? Uh, I'm going to throw a lot of information out at you tonight, and you're going to have to listen fast. And I got a few scriptures that I'm going to share to you, so I'm going to encourage you to just write them down tonight and maybe look them up later. <clears throat> but Jesus even said in John 16:33, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. We all need that, don't we? In the world you'll have tribulation, or that word there could easily be distractions. But be a good cheer, for I have overcome the world. That's good news. <clears throat> if the enemy can't defeat us, he'll try to distract us. It's hard for him to defeat a Christian who knows who they are in Christ. But he can, and he will distract us and keep us from what God has called us to do. Uh, you might be here and you might say tonight, What? I'm called? Say that with me. What? Oh, that was pretty good. Let's do it again. What? I'm called? Yes. <clears throat> and you might say, okay, Neil, I knew you were called to be the worship leader, and Pastor Ron was called to be the shepherd of the church. But me? I'm called? Yeah. The Bible says that many are called, but few are chosen. And I believe everyone is called to repentance, but only a few are really chosen. And uh, here's what I really mean by that. In 1 Peter 2.9, it says, You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So you've been called out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We are chosen because we've made the choice to follow him and accept him as our Lord and Savior. Amen? <clears throat> Well, we're going to have to practice the amen again. <clears throat> don't, don't be quiet on me tonight. Our enemy has an assignment to keep us distracted, and he's very good at it. So what is a distraction? It's a pulling apart, separating and drawing of the mind in different directions. And Webster's has this to say about it. <clears throat> Something that distracts. An object that directs one's attention away from something else. The devil doesn't even need to destroy us if he can keep us distracted. I want to say that again. The devil doesn't even need to destroy us if he can keep us distracted. <clears throat> uh, 
so many things nowadays are bombarding our mind and keeping us from doing the things that God has called us to do. We have to stay focused and we have to keep our mind steadfast on him. So uh, if you want your mind to be present, we can't spend so much of our time training our brain to be somewhere else. And we do that a lot. And we're going to talk about three things tonight that really distract a lot of people. And it's something that we can manage and we can do something about it. So like when I was preparing for this, I started preparing maybe three weeks ago. And uh, I I had something come to mind that, you know, our brain's kind of like a puppy. Let's say I got a puppy and I train it to always jump up on my lap. Let's say there's one hour of the day that I don't want that puppy to jump up on my lap. That puppy's going to jump up on my lap anyway, isn't it? Because I trained it to do that. Obviously, that puppy's not going to figure that out. Puppy's still going to jump on me. And that's what happens when we come, when it comes to being mindful and getting our own mind to do the things that we want it to do. We have to train our brain. If you want your mind to be present, you can't spend so much of your time training your brain to be in other places. <clears throat> so I got an illustration that I want to show you. Uh, tonight's going to be a little bit different than the way Pastor Ron teaches. Um, I learn a lot of times by seeing something. If I can see it, then it's burned into my mind and I can remember it. So I want to play this illustration for you. And uh, actually, there's going to be two different ones. And I want you to see how powerful our mind is and how easy it is for us to get distracted and miss the bigger picture. In this illustration, there's going to be two boxes with different words that appear. Would you be able to put that up, Mike? So there's going to be two boxes that appear on the screen and uh, pick either word and focus in on it and it's going to play three times after you pick the first word pick the other word and then you can go back and forth and then we'll talk about it after we watch this volume neil Did you hear the word you were looking at? Let's play it again because the volume wasn't up yet. Go ahead and play it again, Mike. Are you hearing the word that you're looking at? Isn't that crazy how that works? Did it work for everybody? Because everybody I played it for, it's worked so far. But Mike, can you play it again and play the whole thing? It's not playing the whole thing, but the, the word that you're looking at, isn't that the word that you hear? Yeah? No? <clears throat> it's pretty crazy how we hear what our mind's focused on. So I got another illustration that we want I want to play for you here, and uh, pay attention to this because I'm going to ask some questions when it's over. This is a selective attention test. How many times do the players in white shirts pass the basketball?
How many passes did you count? Did you see anything else? The correct answer is 20. But did you see the gorilla? You see it now. This is the monkey business illusion. How many times do the players in white shirts pass the basketball? How many passes did you count? The correct answer is 28. Did you see anything else? Did you see the gorilla? How about the banner changing color? Did you see the player in black leave the game? or the stars appearing in the top windows. How about the ball changing color? When you are looking for the gorilla, you miss the bigger picture. And that's the monkey business. Never zero in on one target and always be ready for a plus one. So there was a lot of stuff going on in that video, amen. How many people caught it all the first time? Did anybody see the gorilla the first time? It's because we wasn't looking for it, was we? And uh, a lot of times the enemy gets us to focus on something that we shouldn't even be focused on, something that's not necessarily bad, but we miss the bigger picture and we don't see everything. And sometimes we can get so focused on our distractions that we don't pay any attention to what's happening around us. We can actually be obsessed by them. <clears throat> so I'm going to tell you guys a little story. It, it happened a long time ago. Uh, is there anybody here that was not born before 1988? Looking over that way, yes. Yes, so this happened before you guys were even here. Um, <clears throat> back in 1988... We decided to take a trip to Cape Girado one Sunday afternoon, and this was way before Best Buy was even in, in existence. There was a, a store named Circuit City down there. Do you remember that store, Greg? Yeah, I spent a lot of money at that store, but that's another story for another day. But we went down there, and they were selling computers. And uh, I didn't know anything about computers at the time, but I seen one and I became infatuated with it, and I just thought that I had to have one. And back then, in 1988, the consumer computers were just coming out, and they were very expensive. I think the speed on it was like a 286, which is very slow, and it ran th Windows 3.1. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? 
Yeah, so it was very slow, but it was 2500 bucks. So we bought that baby. I talked her into it, and uh, we brought it home, and I set it up, and this thing became the biggest distraction for me. I would come, I would come home from work at 4.30, and I would just bypass Monica and go to straight to the computer, and I'd probably eat supper in front of it, too. She would bring me a plate of food. For a while, she did that. And, yeah, and uh, I got so distracted with it, I'd stay on till 1030 at night, and then I'd go to bed, and I'd get up in the morning and do the same thing over and over again. So finally, she had enough of it, and she came to me one day, and she said, hey, bud, now this is BC, this is before we even got saved, we got saved in 89, but she said, hey, it's either going to be that computer, or it's going to be me. You're going to have to make a choice between it because it's coming between us. Well, obviously I made the right choice because we're here and we're here together. But that became such a big distraction for me that that's all I could think about. I thought about it when I was at work all day, and that's the only thing that I thought about. Another story that just happened recently is I decided that I was going to get into the stock market. And uh, so I downloaded an app on my phone where I could buy stocks and stuff. And I invested a little bit of money. And it was fun at first. But then I started watching it. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm losing money. I got to check this thing every 10 minutes. So I, I ended up checking this thing about every 10 or 20 minutes to see what it was doing, to see whether I needed to sell my stocks or hang on to them. And that became a huge distraction to me. And I recognized that right away, and I was able to just sell everything that I had and and get rid of it. <clears throat> Amen. So <clears throat> let's take a look at an example from God's Word that everybody's familiar with about distractions. In Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 40, if you want to go there, I'll, I'll wait for you just a second. <clears throat> you all know the story. Jesus visits the house of Martha and their sister Mary, and the text tells us that Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus while Martha is in the kitchen. Distracted is the word that Luke uses by all the meal preparation. Jesus comes into town, and Martha's in the kitchen, and she's cooking, and she's cleaning, and she's making sure everything looks and smells great. I kind of get what's going on there. I remember... Uh, when Monica's grandma was alive, she was a lot like Martha. We would go to her house on Sunday afternoon, and before I even got in the door, she's like, oh, honey, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? And I'd go sit down in the living room, and she'd bring the Sunday ads to me because she knew I liked to look at them. And it was there, she did everything right. And somebody comes to your house, you better take care of them, Amen. But Martha is getting frustrated, and Mary isn't helping, and she finally says to Jesus, tell her to help me. Now, Jesus looks at Martha and says, Martha, Martha. I mean, you can almost feel him, you can almost feel him trying to calm her down. You're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, 
and it will not be taken away from her. What Jesus was saying is Mary chose contact. She chose living contact with him. He wasn't really rebuking her, but he wasn't inviting her. <clears throat> so Jesus used a comparative. He said, better. It's not about right or wrong, but it's about your priorities. What Martha was doing, it wasn't bad. It was fine, but it was too much. She was missing on an opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus. Mary had chosen better. Mary had chosen living contact with Jesus, and Martha was serving. So I want to ask you a question tonight. Could it be that we're serving God every day, but we don't always make living contact with him? You can serve in your own human strength. You may not do it well, and you may not do it the way God intended for you to do it, but you can serve in your own human strength. And people don't even see you when you have contact with God and the time that you spend with him, but they do see you serving in the church as a deacon, as an usher, maybe a teacher in the classroom, the worship team, a door greeter in the coffee shop, a security, and so many wonderful other opportunities that we have in this church. <clears throat> but sometimes we use that serving as a substitute. Did you hear what I said? Sometimes we use that serving as a substitute for spending time with Jesus. We have to be so careful that we don't use that as an excuse not to spend time with Jesus and make living contact with him. It's like, oh, man, I went to church Sunday and I taught in that classroom. You know, I had contact with Jesus. Did you really? We have to have living contact with him, and we have to spend time in his presence. <clears throat> There's a lot of distractions that are unique to you. And I'm going to give you three main distractions now that are easy to identify and manage. <clears throat> Number one, this is the big one. This is the big one for me. Social media and smartphones. I'm going to throw some facts out at you. They're just going to wow and make you scratch your head and say, really? <clears throat> and uh, so this little advice that we carry in our pockets is a big part of that. Someone's always screaming to get our attention, right? Somebody's always texting us or calling us. So when we need to have living contact with Jesus, we need to put this thing somewhere else where we can't get to it, where we can't hear it, and where we can not be distracted by it. <clears throat> so in 2007, Steve Jobs introduced the iPhone. It hasn't been that long ago, has it? And he said it would be revolutionary, that it's going to change the world. I, I, he was right. The small phone he held in his hand had more computing power than the computer that launched Apollo 11 into space for NASA. In fact, it was 32,600 times faster than the Apollo age computers that weighed in at 70 pounds. It was way faster than the computers that they launched the spaceship with. <clears throat> so smartphone usage has steadily become an accepted part of our daily lives, and the statistics prove it. In 2022, we're all pretty much glued to our phones. <clears throat> now, I'm talking to me too, folks. I'm not, and I'm really talking to everybody. <clears throat> we use it to communicate. We take pictures. We get our news. We play games and entertain ourselves and keep track of our events with the calendar 
we keep track of time and a multitude of other things. Because we rely on our phones for communication and connection, it can be really hard to tell when excessive smartphone use becomes an addiction. Smartphone addiction can result in sleep deprivation, increased stress levels, depression, and anxiety. You ever send somebody a text and you're just sitting there waiting for them to answer you and you're thinking, why ain't they answering me? It causes anxiety. It does for me anyway. <clears throat> so listen to some of these statistics about our modern day devices. 47% of parents surveyed believe that their child has a smartphone addiction. 47% of parents believe that. In the 18 to 29 year old age category, which is the millennials and the Gen Xers, 22% <clears throat> of smartphone users admitted to checking their device every four minutes. Every four minutes. 36% <clears throat> of millennials say they spend two or more hours per work day looking at their phones for, at social media, texting friends, and playing games. Now, this is at work, 36%. So I'm reminded of something that, that happened to me this summer when we were out at the church picnic. Um, I seen a group of young people. Um, most of them were 413 age. And there was probably 12 to 15 of them sitting in a circle. And so I just went up and grabbed a chair, and I sat down by them. And I'm looking around, and it's really quiet, and everybody has their phones out and everybody's on their phone. So I'm looking at the girl next to me, and she texts, and she sends it. So I'm looking at the guy across, and he starts texting. I said, did you just text him? And she said, yeah. And I said, man, he's, he's right there. I said, why don't you just tell him what you got to tell him? She said, well, I don't want everybody else to hear what I'm saying. Can you believe that? That's what we've come. That's what we've come to. Looking through this five-inch piece of glass, and that's our social life. We, that's how we talk to everybody, and I don't think that's what Jesus wants. <clears throat> Here's another statistic: Adults spend an average of 45 minutes a day on social media alone, and I believe that's being conservative. As of June 2021, 96% of Americans own a cell phone of some kind. Most of them reply to text within minutes. 66% of the population show signs of nomophobia. Did you even know that was a word? Nomophobia? And it's a fear of being without your phone. So I know I'm not the only one that's ever done this. Have you ever left your house and you get down the road a little ways and you think, oh, I forgot my phone. So you turn around and you go get it. Yeah. Am I the only one that does that? I didn't think so. <clears throat> so uh, I'll tell you a quick story uh, about nomophobia. One day I was at the house. It was lunchtime, and Monica called me, and I was talking on the phone. And we were having a good conversation, and uh, she could tell I was distracted. And we had talked for a while, and she said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm looking for my phone. And she said, uh, aren't you talking on it? Yeah, that's how distracted I was you know, by that phone. Anyway, the average time spent on smartphones a day is two hours and 51 minutes. That's almost three hours. Are these facts wild on you yet? 
The average smartphone owner will click, tap, or swipe their phone 2,617 times a day. It's no wonder that we're dealing with all the carpal tunnel and everybody's having the operations on their hands. 87% of smartphone users check their device within an hour of going to sleep or waking up. This one got me. 69% of smartphone users check their device within the first five minutes of waking up in the morning. Hey, Jesus. Yep, I'll be right back. I'm going to go check my email. And, and the, uh, 69%. That's a lot. <clears throat> Are you tired of these facts yet? We're almost through them. Just bear with me. On, on average, people will spend five years and four months of their lifetime on social media. Five years. Over 50% of smartphone owners never turn their phone off. So that takes some planning because not everybody's battery lasts all day. So if you're addicted, you're probably looking for a charger about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. 71% of smartphone owners sleep with it or next to their bed on a typical night. That's crazy. 40% of adults check their phones while they're using the bathroom. That's where you're supposed to say, wow. <laughs> Think about that next time you want to borrow somebody's phone. <laughs> the average smartphone user checks their phone 63 times a day. According to the data collected in 2021, 86% of smartphone users will check their device while in conversations with friends and family. Does that annoy you? What's, what's that say? Hey, you're not as important as this phone call or text that's coming in. <laughs> hey, I challenge you, next time you're at a restaurant, look around. Because at least half the people are going to be on their cell phones. And that takes out the human contact. And I don't think that's what Jesus wants either. <clears throat> okay, last one. Constant interruptions by text blast and notifications can contribute to ADD. And I'm not saying all these things are wrong, but like Jesus said, we can make better choices. So why do people get addicted to their phones? Listen to this. Using smartphones for longer intervals of time makes the brain increase the production of dopamine. Dopamine is part of the reward system in the brain. And the more rewards we receive, the more we want, which can lead to a well-established habit. Hmm, think about that. So that was number one. That was my big one, and that was the longest one, and that's why I decided to tackle that first. So number two, people. Yep, I said people. People can be a distraction. Sometimes we let people into our lives and we give them close proximity to speak into our spirit. And unnecessary voices and opinions of others often shape our lives. As Pastor Ron always warns us, be careful who you hang around with and who you listen to. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 6.14, did not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So we may need to have a relationship with some people, because they're a co-worker or a family, but that shouldn't make, that doesn't mean we need to make an alliance with them and have fellowship with them. Amen, church? <clears throat> There's an old saying that you become who you run with, and that's very true. 
Spend time in fellowship with godly people who will uplift you and edify you. In Ephesians 4.39, it says, everybody knows what this song is. This scripture is, um, remember when we used to have telephones next to our refrigerator and we used to hang the scripture on them? Ephesians 4.39 says, Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only which is good for building up, that it may give grace to those who hear. If you're hanging around with gossipers, then get away from it quick before you start to do it too, because that's a huge distraction. What about emotional distractions? Emotions are good, but we should never be led by them. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We're to cast down all arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So, number three, let's move on. You're not getting depressed yet, are you? All those cell phone statistics was kind of depressing, wasn't it? So number three, this is a big one for me too, is media and TV. Yep, TV. That's a big wow for me. Y'all remember when TV used to sign off at midnight? Yeah. Who remembers that? Yeah. Do you remember when there was only eight or nine channels? Now it's on 24-7 bombarding us, and there's hundreds of channels that we can watch. So here's some statistics about that. Most people watch over 30 hours of TV per week. That's a lot. It's estimated that an average person will spend nine years of their life watching TV. 65% of American homes have three or more TV sets. Guilty. I mean... There's only two of us, and we have three TVs in our house. What's, what's up with that? It doesn't make any sense, does it? <clears throat> I like to just turn them all on the same music channel so the same music's just playing through the house. <clears throat> so listen to this. We can't expect to spend hours watching TV and only spending 20 minutes with God and expect everything to balance out. Mm. I'm a big believer that we ought to tithe our time just like we tithe our finances. We should give God at least 10% of our time back. James 4.8 says, if we draw near to God, he'll draw near to us. So we need to take plenty of time to practice his presence. Satan always tries his best to distract us. And we get serious about having fellowship with the Lord. He'll try even harder to distract us. So when I was getting ready for this, I ran across a, a quote from John MacArthur, and uh, it struck me real hard. And this really is what sparked me to do this message. And he said, the more you focus on yourself, the more distracted you will be from the proper path. The more you know him, the more, spirit, the, more the spirit will make you like him. The more you are like him, the better you will understand how to lean on him for all life's difficulties. And that's what the only way to know real satisfaction. God didn't create you to live a distracted life. God created you to live a Jesus-infused life. Don't let the noise of the world keep you from hearing the voice of the Lord. If the enemy can distract you from your time alone with God, he can isolate you from help that comes from God alone. That's a pretty powerful statement right there. I'm going to read that last sentence again because I see some people writing it down. If the enemy 
can distract you from your time alone with God, then he can isolate you from the help that comes from God alone. So I'm so thankful that Pastor Ron knows the importance of spending time with God in, in prayer. Our first hour around here from 7 to 8 o'clock every morning is spent in uh, with, with Jesus, and that sets the uh, tone for the day. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm really thankful for that. So distraction is a common problem in everybody's life. We live in a world full of distractions, and I encourage you to write these scriptures down and look them up later. I'm going to give you a, a few scriptures here, and we're going to blow through them pretty fast, but I want you to write them down and maybe look these up. So 1 Peter 5.17 says to cast all of our cares, or the things that distract us, upon him. 1 Corinthians 7.35 tells us to do whatever will help you serve God the best. In Mark 4.19, it says, The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things entering in, or distractions, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. 1 John 2.15 says, Do not love the world or the things of the world. In James 4.7, it says, to submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Proverbs 4.25 says, look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. In other words, keep your eyes on the prize. In Hebrews 12.1, it says, lay aside every distraction and the sin which easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So I'm going to ask you another question that I always ask myself to. What are you allowing yourself to be distracted by? When can you, where can you make better choices? Maybe you need to leave work at work. Maybe you need to put your phone down so you can spend more time with your family. Or maybe you should just stop reading your email and start today and spend time with Jesus. Or maybe you need to turn off the news and go for a walk and give your heart and your soul and your mind some peace. Work, phones, news, and social media, none of that's bad, but I know my tendency is to be a little bit like Martha. And maybe yours is too, I don't know. I don't want to, be, I don't want to spend my days distracted constantly, missing out on what is better. Because you know what? Jesus is going to come back for us. He's coming back for his bride. And the Bible tells us to watch and pray. And I don't want to be caught not watching and be distracted. Amen? I've got one more short clip here that we're going to watch, and then we're going to close out. Jesus Turn this up good. Coming back for his church. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 42, Watch therefore, for you do not know the hour your Lord is coming. I want you to know, church, that Jesus Christ could come this month, or he might come next week, or he could even come... Please don't be distracted. 
by the things of this world and the assignments that the enemy has for you, but you keep your focus on Jesus and the calling that he has for you, and you won't miss out on anything. Amen, church? I want to end tonight with a short song, and hopefully the words are going to resonate with you this week and remind us of what we need to do to resist the distractions that try to pull us away from God and his presence. upon Jesus and the things of this world are just going to fade away. Amen? Amen? Well, I hope you all got something out of this tonight, and I hope you're not too depressed by all the facts and figures that I gave you, because everything that I shared with you is manageable. Amen? Don't be tied to this thing. Put it down and turn it off and spend some time with Jesus, because that's what matters, is to make living contact with him. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for tonight. Uh, the things that we've heard, the statistics and the word that was shared, burn it deep in our hearts. We know we need to spend more time with you, Lord God, so help us to be aware of the time that we're spending on social media and our cell phones and our devices, and help us overcome that, Lord God. We want to be victorious, and we want to be ready when you come back for us, when you come back for your church, your bride. And uh, we just thank you for everything in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everybody. You're dismissed.